Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Donald Marshall. I am a chubby man living here in Los Angeles, and I attend Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. What? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh. Let me visit sometime. <laughs> <laughs> no. My name is Dan Oliverio. I'm a chubby chaser, and uh, I write and speak about issues that intersect with sexuality and fatness. And um, yeah, I, I went to Stanford in nursery school. Suck on that, Don. <laughs> I, for for your information, I went to the United Nations for nursery school. Oh, a lot of bickering. Yeah, but I never knew what anyone was saying, so it was fine. I'm Trevor. I'm uh, really fat, and I did not go to, but I know of a uh, a fat boarding school where it's like fat camp, really? but boarding school. Really, it's just yes. regular school for fat people. Yes, I mean it's like the the concept of a fat camp, but as a boarding school. Um, so wait, I, I think I know this school. It's like Xavier school for hefty youngsters yes. <laughs> it's like right across the lake from the one I yeah. went to. Okay. It's the, the rival school. <laughs> <laughs> well, to take us home, my name is Michael. Uh, I'm a chaser and, uh, I didn't go to college. So I don't, don't, oh, <laughs> but however, I am a hardworking work boy, so mm-hmm. I get lots of work anyway. Is that what you were going to say before we took the school slant? Yeah, but it still fits. Yeah, you're, you went to you, the school of hard knocks. I went to the, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I really like this phrase. I'm a hardworking work boy. Yeah. I kind of like oh, that. That'll That's, get you a date. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, do we have like a, do we have a sexy music cue? Um, <laughs> hello everyone. I'm a hardworking work boy. <laughs> this is going to be our biggest episode ever. All right, everyone. So uh, yeah. let's we, we let's dive right in. Um, so one of the things that we uh, that I've been wanting to talk about actually for a little while now uh, is a documentary that I watched back in January called Fat, a documentary, um, which came out last year. And right now you can stream on Amazon Prime, and I believe it's also on Hulu. A quick little summary. Health expert Vinny Tortorich exposes the history behind widespread myths and lies regarding healthy eating, fat, and weight loss. Um, and basically, it's uh, following this guy, uh, narrating a bunch of various uh, experiences and opinions he has, and uh, going out and interviewing a bunch of experts and people who have dealt with a variety of issues around fat, uh, but specifically fat as relates to healthy eating and how uh, food and diet culture have really uh, been influenced by some things that happened pretty early on last century. Yeah, and I think you should say that when you say fat, a documentary, it's not fat like being fat. Mm-hmm. It's fat, the macronutrient, right? as opposed to carbohydrates. I, or I did protein. not realize that, so I was a little disappointed just because <laughs> I was like... Uh, like five minutes, I'm like, oh, this is about keto. <laughs> <laughs> so the the documentary opens with um, well-known film guy Jim Abrams um, is talking kind of about his son suffering from epilepsy as a child, and they went through all of these different treatments, medicines, brain surgery, and brain it just sur- wasn't, wasn't really improving. extreme epilepsy, yes. like yeah. Yeah. dozens of seizures um, a, yeah. a week, if not a day, uh, a day, a day. A day. Yes. Yeah, um, and then he ended up picking up a book about epilepsy um, that describes kind of the ketogenic, the ketogenic diet as a treatment for epilepsy. And they saw almost immediate results with the sun. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, don't, I don't give days, too much away. I yeah. Think. Yeah. yeah. Literally um, within three days. 
Which is not always the case, but it no, is a but very, it's, it's it like was, 50%. I think it was 33%. It's that, a, it's a very high number. Well, what he said is that it's, it's about a third, it cures them completely. A third, it helps them. And a right. third, it doesn't work at all. Right. So there's like roughly a 56% chance that it will have some positive impact. And one of the questions a reporter had asked uh, a doctor uh, who had treated uh, Jim Abrams' son uh, was, you know, Basically, are there any medications that you could have used that would have anything close to a 50% chance of helping? And he was like, no. And he was like, well, then why didn't you try this? It's like, well, we just didn't. Well, because it's not orthodox. You don't, if you're a doctor, you don't treat illness with diet. Right. Typically. that's true of Western medicine. But I remember when I went oh, to yeah. see an acupuncturist, oh, yeah. the first thing she told me was like, you must not eat raw food ever again. You know, and so whether or not that's accurate or good for me, that was her first go-to as far as medicine medicine goes. I mean, my biggest takeaway from the documentary was that um, there's some, so much focus on trying to find like one size fits all treatments in terms of like, you know, the, they were taking the approach of medicine or surgery. And then, you know, this documentary is saying the ketogenic diet can treat all these things, but that we don't look at kind of individual processes of the body. Right. Well, and it's not that mysterious. Like, let's say that you have lower back pain and it's not a failure of a back surgeon if what's causing your back pain is you have bad shoes. And it's not a failure of your orthopedist if what's causing your back pain is you are a backpack most of your time walking around. Right. So, I mean, it's not that it's very mysterious. It's just that there are so many different possible causes and we don't know. We really Mm. are in our infancy when it comes to nutritional science. And we still don't know why people are fat. Not really. It's not, it's certainly not the calories. That's the least, that's the, that's the most debunked myth. Yeah. Cause obviously if that were true, then no one would ever hit plateaus losing or gaining weight because it's calories. And it doesn't definitely, it really does, does not help that there are entire industries who make their living by clouding the waters when it comes to absolutely like because it, there's what sells and there's what works and there's no money in what works. I think everybody could do a keto diet with success if they lived in the frozen North (laughs) and there's no bread and there's no wheat and there's very little vegetables. And there's even a segment in the documentary where this guy goes to the frozen North and he is a fierce advocate for green vegetables every day. And all of a sudden he has no green vegetables. He has no bread. He has no, you know, he's, he jokes that I spent four months eating fish and drinking water. And you know, when we weren't eating fish, we were eating caribou. Right. And yeah, that's the diet. And yeah, guess what? They live long. They live well. There's very little disease, but it's, that's not a, it, it, it's a diet in the sense that it's the collection of foods they eat. It's not a diet in the sense that it's some prescriptive plan to achieve an end. Right. All the reputable like nutritionists that I've ever spoken to, whatever their advice is, whether it's bull crap or not, and yes, I am talking to you, woman who suggested to make tuna fish with Greek yogurt. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> nothing goes well, like nothing if, goes together better than Greek yogurt and fish. All trust <laughs> betrayed. All trust if, betrayed at that point. If you're gonna have to eat tuna fish, at least get the mayonnaise <laughs> yeah. or the olive oil. But the only the only piece of advice I, I got from all of the different reputable nutri- nutritionists I spoke to was no diet will ever work unless you find something that's sustainable for you that you can be happy on and enjoy the rest of your life. Well, usually that's the way you have been eating. Right. Well, yeah. 
I, my, uh, well, this is so trite. But you have my, to keep in mind, Michael and I occasionally just have like ice cream Sundays and stuff. I mean, oh, yeah, ice absolutely. cream Saturdays, ice cream Fridays. And, <laughs> well, but that's, that, that was no ice cream Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no ice cream Monday, Trevor. No, my point, actually, that's a, that's a good, because we don't do that all the time. We yeah. do that like maybe once every six to eight weeks. Like yeah, if it's once something every two on. to three days. Hold on. Yeah. I, but yeah. I, what is, the, I, does you do just only eat ice cream that day? Is it just <laughs> nothing but ice cream or is it just like you have? No, no, no. Okay. So there's this great place called salt and straw. If you live in the West coast, you've probably heard of them or been there. If you haven't been there, go. And we'll usually get one of the really interesting pints and then get another one and then go home <laughs> and like have some drinks and like watch some dumb movies and eat ice cream. This and it's is great. just like, oh my okay, God. this is basically just uh, like a day for me. Like I, uh, <laughs> Um, Tyler, we are not all as skilled as you are <laughs> at eating lots of ice cream. Well, I mean, as, I, I, I have in the past have had um, a, a fitness instructor who offered me a cupcake after a workout session. It was someone's birthday, and they had cupcakes. Like, oh, Trevor, do you want a cupcake? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, thanks. I don't, I don't want a cupcake right now. And she was like, oh my god, Trevor. <laughs> You have such amazing self control. <laughs> and then she was like, I like she was had her cupcake and I was watching her like, okay, like if I don't have lunch and I have a salad for dinner, I can have the cupcake. And she was like pushing away, like no. She's just like agonizing over like, it. Yeah, she's I, talking you, to you herself. Don't need the so cupcake. Can... You can you can do this. And like I don't have self control. I just eat cupcakes whenever I want. And I did not want a cupcake in that moment because it's like I will have three cupcakes at some point when I want them. (laughs) So um, we do actually have a main topic today. Well, so since we're talking about kind of um, people often, you know, people assume Don has diabetes because he's fat and they're like, oh, well, it's I'm just worried about you. You know, it's not healthy. And so there's kind of this uh, thing with concern trolling. Do you want to say what concern trolling is? Because a lot of people may not know. So concern trolling is someone says something but it is from a place of love so it is like well, and it's medically based yes it's, it's medically it's, based it's medical it's medical based. um that you know well like i just assume you have diabetes because you know i'm i'm worried about you and you know if you're not if you're not diabetic now you probably will be because you're so fat yeah it's this idea of i'm just worried about your diabetes oh i don't have any oh well i don't want you to get diabetes i mean you can't spell diabetes without die <laughs> This is like the it, soundtrack to my teens. Yeah, and and it always reminds me of uh, of the whole you know fundamentalist gay, and I call this fat fundamentalism. That no matter what your health, no matter what the facts, you're going to hell. You're going to you're going to fat boy death. Hmm. And it doesn't matter what's true. It's just it's like it's like the fundamentalist who says, "Well, you can have all the gay pride you want, but you're still going to hell." Right. You know, you can have all the fat pride you want, but you're still going to get diabetes and die. So this ties into the main subject that we were going to bring up tonight of bullying. Bullying. We've had so many fun topics recently. We thought it was time to maybe muddy the water. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're having way too much fun. <laughs> way too much fun. <laughs> so obviously bullying is a very big topic. We're not going to be able to get to all of the subjects that would probably enlighten all of us and make the world a better place. But uh, we did want to tackle it a little bit because... If you're a fat in this world, there's some bullying coming after you. It's just, it is synonymous. <laughs> if you are a fat. Sorry. Did I say you are a fat? If you are a fat. <laughs> I'm a gay. Is that close? <laughs> oh, and if you're a, you're a gay fat, then. 
I, I no, I, I leave it. <laughs> this is perfect because I think it. So uh, done. I think yeah, it is such. What a, happens if you're a fat in this world? <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like bullying is inevitable. At least you know, if not big events, then small ones, microaggressions, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were going to tackle. Like for me, I think there's two different types that you're going to deal with in your day to day life. One is you know, upfront live bullying of IRL, IRL stuff where people are just <laughs> dicks to you in real life, whether that's people screaming at you, Hey fatty from a car as it goes past or, uh, Oh, so my favorite one that happened to me, I think I talked about an earlier show was I, I was looking at a bag of M and M's on the checkout line cause it was on sale. Um, and then I put it back cause I didn't want them. And suddenly there's this little Asian woman at my elbow going good for you. <laughs> <sighs> And then she was gone. Yeah, uh, I think she was a ninja. And that's a pretty good example of concern trolling. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, that's like concern trolling's younger cousin. Yeah, the, exactly. The car thing. So anytime I've had that, I have not heard what they've said because it's a car and it's, you know. Speeding by. It's Yeah, so it's just like, eh. Like, it's just like this weird, like. <laughs> I don't know. You know like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, I don't. Like I was with a friend and we were both just kind of so thrown off because it was so fast. And I was like, I think that was directed at me. Cause I mean, it's like that. So I, I've had people yell things at me from the car too, but I don't, I, I don't know what they were saying either. Is it possible that they were yelling compliments? I mean, maybe <laughs> like, Oh, it's- I in fact have yelled compliments at people from a convertible <laughs> as I've gone past. And it has always been interpreted as always. It was saying something awful to them. Well, Cause I don't think you, I mean, I think we've established that. Okay. So, Listeners, if you're trying to compliment someone as you're driving by them, they are not going to hear what you say because it's, it's I mean, maybe we'll do some trot like uh, this will be a, a special for if we ever have a Patreon or something. We'll do speed tests for audibility of insults and compliments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the other kind of bullying, Don, that you've the okay. not IRL, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, basically, online bullying, which What's, I think in this day and age, you're actually going to get way more often. I think it's experience. I think it's more often. I think it's crueler because people will type things that they would never say to someone's face, yeah. that they would never stand up and identify themselves with the statement because you can do it anonymously online. Mm-hmm. So uh, I brought an example from an article that uh, I will post uh, through through Trevor. So imagine, imagine for a second that you were this woman. Uh, Caitlin Saida, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, was uh, someone who enjoyed playing, doing cosplay. She was a larger woman. Uh, and she posted a picture of herself that she normally wouldn't do, but she was so happy with the, uh, the effect. She had dressed as Laura Croft, the character from Tomb Raider, and posted it on her Facebook to share with her friends, or maybe Instagram, I'm not sure which. Um, and then woke up the next morning, uh, to see a text message from a friend saying, you're internet famous. That's never a good thing. That's never a good thing. That's, yeah. that's like, I, that's my fear is getting, waking up to that. And I think also just like hundreds of notifications. Yep. So that picture of herself that she liked so much that she posted it against her sort of initial instincts, uh, it was redistributed as a meme across the internet with her in the Laura Croft Tomb Raider outfit labeled refrigerator i mean i feel like that's not even the most clever thing no that could no have but it's sad. a fat joke and it's good enough and you know that sells i guess we've established that people who make fat jokes are lazy part of it is also the nature of the internet you already went into how you feel 
anonymous. You feel like you're separated from from the content you're putting out. It's not really you. This is just something you're doing online. Right. But the the flip side of it is that person is doesn't exist that you're making fun of. No, no it's a screen, is, and it's yeah. in. You can the minute you have that nasty thought, you can release it. Mm-hmm. So part of the story that we'll give is basically being her, being that anonymous person who never wanted the world to look at her. What do you do when that's you? I mean, I think, so obviously that is an extreme example. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. The the Star Wars kid um, from a couple Great years example. ago um, has talked about, I mean, I, I think he is. Who's the Star Wars kid? Um, the Star Wars kid, um, this is early internet, probably let's say like 2001. It's like maybe. pre-YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was a kid who um, videotaped, doing, videotaped himself. Fat kid. Fat kid who uh, videotaped himself kind of doing like lightsaber moves. And With I think he- room ad- in his yeah. garage. And I don't remember exactly how it got on the internet, but then basically it became like, uh, it was a meme. They added lightsaber effects. They- was there anything derogatory other than the kid appears I mean, fat? the joke was, oh, look at the fat nerd. Right. right. I mean, he wasn't good at what he was he, doing, but no. he was enthusiastic and enjoying himself. And, and it was something he never intended to go online, yeah. I recall. It was something no, he was it, just doing. Like, somebody at his school like got a club. copy of the videotape yeah. and put it up. And like people were laughing at him. Like yes. they weren't going like, haha, that's cute. They were they were laughing at the fat kid who couldn't do lightsaber moves properly. See, and that's, that's kind of like the thing we were talking about with Fat Thor where all the characters in the movie are okay with his being fat, but the audience is laughing their ass off because Thor got fat. And I think here, if that had been a thin kid and they had exactly the same awkwardness and using the broom and the lightsaber, people would have gone, aw. And because the kid's fat, he gets the actual opposite of that. Right. And so it's interesting to me that it's not even, I mean, you could say it's trying to be vindictive. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a great thing, but it's interesting. It's really all about it's not the fat joke. It's just the fat person existing. How dare the fat person exist doing things that normal people do? Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I can tell you. I, so one second, I mean, that is another extreme example. I have encountered kind of specific things um, on a smaller scale. Um, over the summer, uh, Dan and I were in New York, and we were able to see um, mm. Town. And because of uh, New York has policies on accessible seating within their theaters. And I made a post on my Instagram talking about this policy because I'm like, this is so amazing. I know so many people that follow me that don't know about this. Um, and I, so I wrote about- I, That if you're a fat person, you can go to a Broadway show yes, and be accommodated. Because I was on an aisle seat and basically the arm on the aisle like popped out. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Like you can get wow. great. You're not relegated to the back, you know, standing with a wheelchair person next to you. Mm-hmm. Like you can actually sit in the seats and your wheelchair person can come with you or the fat person can come with you and you're in the good seats. Yes. So I, I didn't take pictures of me in the seat. I kind of talked about the, the process we went through to get these seats. Um, and it did blow up cause, um, a few really big, uh, accounts, uh, like Julie Murphy shared it. Uh, your fat friend, I think, in their stories. So it was getting a lot of attention. And then I don't know if it was the next day or that evening, all of a sudden I'm getting all these comments on the pictures and they're just like flooding in. And it was basically like, Oh, how dare you take a handicapped seat because you're too fat. Like, you know, you don't want to die and you're taking uh, the seat away from someone who actually needs it. Um, and it was like, I mean, there were, it was basically the same comment over and over. So how I handled that was Instagram lets you filter out, comments that contain certain words 
Um, so I think I just blocked like handicap seating because that's what they kept using. And then it stopped. Like you didn't have to notice it. Yeah. Well, no, it just automatically deletes the comment. Oh, oh. oh because it's on your page. Yes. Oh, um, brilliant. So it was. That's interesting. So let me interject real quick. What Trevor has just given an example of is one of the first methods of online protection for yourself, curation. Mm-hmm. Um, basically looking at your feed, cutting out people on your feed. If, if they are, if you are on a, like a Facebook platform where only friends or friends of friends can respond, you can shut that down by pulling out the problem seeds, um, or withdrawing from threads. That's, that's one of the methods that is suggested. I know on uh, Twitter, there is actually kind of a system you can use where there's websites where you can you like basically use these lists people have made to auto block known troll accounts. Mm. Oh, that's handy. A link to that would be helpful. So there are a lot of resources for kind of protecting yourself. And I mean, I I have a piece of advice that nobody's going to like. <laughs> and I say it only don't, because don't I, be on these things. Yeah. That is one of the other things that's suggested disengage. Well, and that's, that is very common. I think, especially for um, major figures. I mean, Lizzo is still on mm-hmm. her Twitter hiatus. And I, I mean, I come from the old days. I come <laughs> from the dim times and we didn't have this stuff. So to me, tell us about Moses. Exactly. Well, <laughs> when he finally came along, <laughs> uh, for me, like a Facebook page, I don't post constantly and I'm not even that visual. So I don't have this obligation to completely share every image that crosses my eyes. And what I'll tell people, especially about, like a lot of people are, are afraid about posting pics of themselves for their profile, especially a dating profile, because mm-hmm. it might be shirtless, it might be more than shirtless. And something that I, that I kind of use in my own life, because I have, you know, I, I have a public presence to some extent, is, you know, they said this thing about Princess Diana, that there were only 12 authorized photographs of Princess Diana that the palace would circulate. And they were curated, and those were her 12 picks. And I kind of have adopted that. Like, these are the approved picks. And, and, there are, and what I mean by approved is that I don't care where this goes on the internet. There's nowhere that I am going to be bothered by this showing up. Yeah. Because, I mean, at some point, you can, you can try to mitigate. But at some point, you just got to own it. Um, so, dating profiles. There was a website where I had a profile. I had pictures up. They were PG-13. I don't know. Maybe like, maybe now it would be like TV-14. I don't know. Um, But it was, I was in college and it was like sexy pics. I mean, not like, once again, TV-14. To be clear, was there side boob? Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) There was was side boob. There was front boob. There was all kind of boob. Um, And one day I get this message saying, I've taken screenshots of your profile. I've taken all your pictures and I'm going to send them to your mom on Facebook. And I am just like, Ooh. And, uh, I contacted the administrators of the website and then I think they deleted their account. They're like, you know, we have their IP address, but they deleted their account. There's nothing we can do. Um, and at the time my my mom didn't really know how to use Facebook. So (laughs) there was this period where I was just waiting for like, is, did this happen? Was it a legitimate threat? 
will my mom be able to find it if they send it to her? Because there's the whole, th- so with Facebook, you know, there's the messages and then there's also the like other messages. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a good chance that this will like be in the other message. There's a chance it's still in there now. And I, <laughs> I, she's, I she's just never found it yet. I've never actually, there has been several points where I'm like, okay, I just need to get on her Facebook account so I can like go to others and see if there's anything in but, there. But here's my question. Let's say that she had opened, like they made good on the threat and for whatever reason, like why would you bother? And then she opens it and she sees that, oh my God, not only is her son fat, but she discovers that her, that her son has has skin underneath his clothing. And my question is, what's the consequence of that other than embarrassment and an awkward conversation if either of you even brings it up? I mean, at this point, I have come a long way with being comfortable with everything. I mean, at this point, I... I don't care. I am, I am more concerned about the person who receives my pictures and like them being forced to be like, Oh, like that's Trevor. <laughs> um, well, and again, what I'm looking at is yes, you might be embarrassed, but then I'm kind of wondering, well, what are you embarrassed about? When I, th- I think at this, well, you can't, you can't call people out for owning their shame. You know, sometimes people are just, they're not ready. No, I'm, you know? I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying though, is that the only reason that this has power is because the person who's being victimized is also being ashamed. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't, once you come out, like once, you, once you come out as a gay man, you can no longer be shamed for being gay because you're not ashamed of it. I agree. But yeah. if you haven't come out and you're still looking for sex, then, but that's the benefit is what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's a benefit yeah. to working through that as opposed to the other, the other strategy, which is try to, trying to hide and mitigate. And I'm saying that once you become out you are untouchable, but you don't want, you want no, the choice of when you make that transition. Well, you always do. You always have that choice. You can stay in the closet. I mean, not if someone's no, sending nude pictures of you to your mother. No, but you have the choice as to what, how you're going to react to that. They, yeah. they, well, and hold on. they weren't, I just want to say they weren't nude TV 14. <laughs> um, it is becoming so much more common. And at this point it is basically assumed if you have a smartphone, you've probably taken at least one picture of your butt even if not to send to someone <laughs> but because you're like, what the hell is that going on? Like what's going on back there? <laughs> um, and I think, you know, you can own your shame, but I think you should not be ashamed because it is something that is so common. And I think at this point when someone's nudes are leaked or whatever, people aren't like, Oh, well, you know, how dare Michael take a picture of his butt? He should know better. I think it's like, wow, that is really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that happened with um the, all the celebrity nudes. Oh, didn't that, that happen what was to that Jennifer event? Lawrence? Like, yeah, someone hacked her uh, phone. It was uh, Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Well, and, it was both. And Scarlett Johansson was taking pictures of her butt. And I don't I don't think it was a, I, like, it seemed very much like a, like, what's, do I have a, I mean, you've seen, you've seen, the, you've seen the Black Widow costume. Everyone's already seen that. Yeah, butt, exactly. you know? and, but this is the, you know, is that mold in there? Is there and, and, <laughs> and what has been revealed that she has a butt? We never knew. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it gets a little silly. I mean, and let me, let me tell you an anecdote that kind of illustrates what I'm saying about this. So we have a friend and very good friend of the podcast who uh, is a science and math teacher at a high school. And one of his students was failing. And the student uh, asked to have a private conversation and told our friend, I've seen your pictures, and I don't think it's right. And the idea implied was that you give me a better grade, or I'm going to tell whoever I can tell. Mm-hmm. 
And you can imagine our friend's blood ran cold. But the first thing he did was he went to the principal and said, this is the situation. And like got in front of this. Mm -hmm. You could take the shame reaction of quitting, of uh, hiding under the bed for a week, but like this train is coming down the tracks and owning it. And then, uh, so having a conversation with the principal, uh, pulling, pulling the student in, and then, you know, he feels horrible. So he's actually starting to have the same conversation with his colleagues and they're incredibly supportive. And what could have been just a storm of shame actually turned into something really supportive Mm-hmm. because he did have a community there that I'm not even sure he knew he had. But I think that's really important to see that of saying, like, not trying to deny the photos, not trying to mitigate that, but like, yep, I have those photos. And that's not a problem. So I, that's, that's an example of you can get in front of this and you don't have to be buried in the shame. You can only be ashamed of yourself. That's, that's, an, that's a self-act. Okay, so I think what Dan is giving us an example of is using the negative experience as a self-growth opportunity. I'm going to put another example out here. Uh, I'm going to give you an example of what not to do, because (laughs) this is what my instinct is every time this comes up. And I do this in real life, and I do this online. Um, Do not confront. That always does, it just doesn't end well. The people who do this, who come at you online, that's what they want. They want the acknowledgement they want their validation. And no matter what you say to them, they're going to take it as a win. When I say confrontation, I mean, don't engage head on, right? I want to throw myself in the teeth of anyone who gets up my nose. Uh, but in general, the troll online wants to be fed. And oh, yeah. and so most, it's usually agreed. Now, uh, Trevor points it out, really good example of some exceptions to that, um, where I believe the other story was that she responded to like, a hundred of the people who sent her hate emails with compliments, right? Like you have such stunning eyes or, you know, the spelling of your name is so interesting. Like, I I think it's really lovely. And her reaction, her, she said that she had maybe like a 5% return of people engaging with her. And those 5% were very positive. Yeah. Um, I think Patton Oswalt also has several stories of engaging with trolls uh, in a positive manner, like refusing to acknowledge the hurt mm-hmm. that they're throwing out and just coming back to them like, dude, are you okay? Like you're being really um, aggressive and mean here. Is there something going on? Do you want to talk about it? And the guy reacts with pain right off the bat, attacks again. Patton Oswald comes back again with another example of like, dude, I, I understand. Like, do you want to talk about this? And then getting into a real conversation with the guy. Yeah with his troll. Uh, I think if I recall the story correctly, he, he started a fundraiser or a, a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter mm-hmm. to help this guy out with medical bills. Th- but that, that degree of engagement, that degree of kindness, um, if you are not able to muster that approach, what, tre- what I think uh, Trevor's story points to, what mm. all these other stories, do not engage with anger. No, that no. is my first no. instinct. Don't feed the trolls. Right. Yeah. And it is can- always my first instinct and it never works out. Uh, I went to psychology today and I found five tips on different approaches to uh, help you rebound from online shaming. So one, uh, permit yourself to be angry, right? Don't tap it down, feel what you're feeling, work your way through it. Uh, two, take care of yourself. Like know yourself, know what you need to do and let yourself do it. 
Uh, get perspective. This is a big one for me. Uh, step back, look and see, does this thing actually impact my life in some way? Or is this just a thorn in my foot that's going to just bother me? Honestly, like I'm the kind of person where if getting a hangnail will bother me more than slashing my arm open because I'll be focusing on that little tiny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, find your voice. Is there a fourth suggestion? It doesn't have to be in regarding your troll. It can be specifically regarding uh, writing down what you're feeling, speaking to a friend, helping them work your way through it. Um, and the last one they put forward is move forward with your shame. Shame exists, right? It's not just going to go away because you choose not to feel it. But if you understand what your shame is, accept that it's a part of you, and then move forward with it. It's not saying get over it. It's saying move on, accept it as what it is, and just work with it and move forward as you. Cool. Thank you. I brought a bit. Did you? I thought maybe we could be a little lighter than... uh... No, please do. (laughs) So today is our limerick pop quiz on the Big Fat Gay podcast. Oh. We have covered many subjects. We've covered many things. Do all of you remember what they were? I have come up with five limericks. As As I read the limericks to you, feel free to buzz in, but I will finish the limerick before we get to the end. Okay. And you will tell me... What thing am I covering with this limerick? All right? Everyone ready? Yeah. Play along at home. Though you're fat, it will likely dispatch. It does so with one nasty catch. Though food you can't eat, there is no retreat once the doctor's sewn on your... Buzz. Tongue patch. Well done. Tongue patch. From episode one. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, that uh, to this day, it's still one of the most shocking things that oh, I think so we've ugly. discussed on here. That's that's for those of you who were not with us in episode one. That's where they saw. No, so, no, 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 no. Go listen to episode one. Okay. Yeah. If you, no, don't, don't, don't I give teased spoilers. them there. Don't give spoilers for <laughs> Trevor. Past episodes. Trevor pulled me back from the edge there. <laughs> All right. Though the clothing is made without plants, I think Exxon will not give them grants. Lose eight inches or more from around your mid core is promised by wonder. Buzz. Wonder sauna hot pants. Yes. Bonus points. Which episode? Uh, Episode two. Six. (laughs) That was episode six. Yeah. What was episode? Jesus Christ. If that was episode six, how are we only on episode 10? Yeah. God, time is. Actually, I I hope I'm not wrong. I think you're wrong. Am I wrong? I think I'm that right. That, what was that? Episode? Episode. If you know you're what? wrong, you're going to edit it out. I have a you phone dick. here. No, I'll leave it in. <laughs> I have a phone right here. Limerick three. That really should have stayed quiet. Not oh, make claims. <laughs> All right. Not make claims that just make me riot. Her promise is fiction. Doesn't feed my addiction. There is no cocoa in. Oh wait, maybe not. I don't know what it is. I think I know. All right, Dan. Diet. It's the uh, the chocolate diet. Yep, chocoholics but diet. What, what completes the limerick? Uh, there's no cocoa in the chocoholics diet. Ah, got it. I was wrong, by the I way. It's it was, episode four. <laughs> I thought it was j- j- going to be Jillian Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> Jillian Michaels, for all her faults, did not cho- promise me that I could eat I mean, chocolate. I mean, once you said that, should have kept her mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> it can only be one person. <laughs> yeah. All right, limerick four. In audience, they're trying to levy with a lady that's as big as a Chevy. When he's in her thrall, because she's not small, that show must be called Hot and Heavy. Yay! Episode two. All right. The final limerick. Bonus points. This this one's a vague one. 
All right? Hmm. Very hard. Wet landscapes may suck. Don't deny it. On your <laughs> waistline, this place brings disquiet. To shed off those pounds, try a drier place. Sounds! You must move if you try the... Swamp diet. Yes! Yay! Well done! <laughs> this applause is for Don for making those. Thank you. Well done, sir. Well done. Thank you. The <laughs> swamp the diet. The, the tongue patch thing horrified me. The swamp patch, the swamp diet thing amuses the hell out of me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's actually moving away from swamps, right? Move away yes. From yes. Move away from the swamp. So once again, I wanted to have something a little lighter, a little more fun, and I immediately went to Fat Kid Dance Party. No relation to Fat Kid Yoga Club. I'm sorry, what is it called? Fat Kid Dance Party. Fat Kid Dance Party. Fat Kid Dance Party. Uh, no relation to Fat Kid Yoga Club. Um, <laughs> so Fat Kid Dance Party is, it's online. It is also in person. Um, it is a fun, fat-friendly aerobics class hmm. led by this uh, woman named Bevan who is basically uh, big fat Barbie and wonderful and just drips positivity. The whole kind of purpose of the Fat Kid Dance Party is to have a dance party slash aerobics class that is accessible to anyone um, and to embrace the kind of awkwardness if you are a fat person in one of these spaces. So I went to one of these uh, in LA, uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, and it was very fun. I was exhausted because I had, um, this It was my second workout of the day. I went with my friend <laughs> oh. Sabrina and I had Pilates in the morning and she was like, do you want to go to Fat Kid Dance Party? I'm like, oh, I'm like, I didn't realize that it was in LA um, that we come like, okay, well, I think I can do it. And I did. And it was fun, but very rough because I mean, I had a full hour long workout before, you before it, but there's this whole thing when it's if you're there and you feel awkward, you're supposed to say, I feel awkward. And then everyone cheers for you. <laughs> um, and then you get uh, high fives for self care. So like, I was like, I just, I just need some water and I just need to take a minute. Cause like I, I already worked out today and it's like, okay, then we're giving me high fives. And I'm like, I just, just let me like stop for a second. <laughs> so there are some upcoming uh, classes live in Seattle, but if you want to, do it in the comfort of your own home. There are also weekly online classes and she has a, uh, a four part um, video that you can buy and just kind of do at your leisure. Um, but what's great about it is it is all levels, uh, including like if there's uh, some moves where if it's like you need to sit while working out, uh, there's some dance moves for that. Hmm. Is, um, is it more focused on dance or more focused on working out or can it be? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, really what you want. It's just kind of the, the focus is having fun and just okay. being present with your body and enjoying movement. That's great. And also just embracing the awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go to that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it, she used to be based out of LA. She moved, um, I think she's in Northern California now, but she does travel around kind of all around the country doing these. So I did, I, it wasn't, it wasn't a specifically for fat people, but I did a, um, like a, they call it dance church. Um, which is literally like what Trevor was describing, but anyone can show up and it's on a Sunday morning and you go in and it's a giant room full of people who are just gonna, they're just there to dance. And so there's literally like speakers and, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of people all gathered in a room together and somebody in the middle like leads the group as kind of the dance leader and Mm -hmm. everyone circles around them and uh, it's not for people who are dancers, in quotes. I'm not a dancer. I 
don't. Oh, but sure you are. I'm not, <laughs> but I had fun. I'll tell you that. Um, and it, a lot of it was like what Trevor was describing, which was just the idea that you can go and you don't have to be coordinated and you don't have to know the moves. Uh, a lot of the stuff that they're doing is not, there's not really dance moves. It's just like some of it's intentionally awkward just to loosen your body up and move you around. And it's, you're there with a bunch of other people who are just there to have fun and move their bodies. And, and it was really, it was really, really fun. The, the result, sorry, was that? was that you? That was me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael, assuming I'm no, the one. You know what? Helps. Okay. If this is going in the episode, it's going in the episode. I have had to cut out Trevor's glottal sounds more than any of us combined. It's just, it's a constant flow. Of I am congested. <laughs> You realize there's just like seven ASMR people in the audience who just had orgasms. <laughs> I'm so aware of all my guttural noises right now. Good. I, in my defense, right now, I can. I am not supposed to blow my nose because it could dislodge. Clog dis the microphone is what it could do. Like, no, had, it would dislodge a, I mean, it could dislodge a blood clot in my jaw. He had dental, he had dental surgery. And so you can blow your nose? Yes. I'm not supposed to. Oh. I think I would. I did it once accidentally already, and I was like, I blew my nose. I'm like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not allowed to blow his nose. He's not allowed to use a straw. I, he's I, not I, allowed. What happens to, if I, you sneeze? I, I have You're to not allowed open. To I have to open my mouth and I scream like an insane person. <laughs> I have, I no, I've been married to him for I don't know, you know, over three years, and I never heard him sneeze like this because he usually has these. I I hold like I you know I, I'm holding my mouth and I like, cover my nose. It's, it's little like he has, he has like trash compactor sneezes until. Until this week, I literally it was like a raw. I was I, I jumped at him like, what the hell just happened? Where's the rhinoceros? And uh, then I had another, and I'm like, I was trying to raise him, like, okay, hold on, I'm gonna scream. It it's it's like fuss roda. <laughs> uh, it's a Skyrim reference. I'm yeah, sorry, everybody. Uh, yeah. Video game. Um, but I've heard of those, Dan. <laughs> I think I think that's the. I think that's our show. Can we do then. the social media real, real quick? Yes. Okay. <sighs> Get, at Big Fat Game. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, you at, broke So him. we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We have our Facebook page that people do comment on. Yay. I, I made a little joke about it last time, and someone's like, "Hey, we do comment." Um, so we're the Big Fat Gay Podcast on Facebook. Our website is www.bigfatgaypod.com. And if you're listening in the car, there's someone behind you and they're going to scream sneeze. So <laughs> look out. <laughs>